Hello and welcome to another episode of Better Than Wine with Sean and Riley Provo. Are we saying our last name? Yes, we are yep. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? I don't know. Um, do you want to tell them what, what wine we're drinking this week? Sure. Today, we are drinking... Oh, it's chilled. Yes, it was chilled a little bit. Because it's a white wine. Yes. A, a 2020 Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> by Cupcake Vineyards. Cupcake Vineyards? Cupcake Vineyards. Yikes. Yep. That's, a, that's, a, that's a fresh one. <laughs> 2020. I know. Nothing like that wine that father brought over the other day. Yeah. That had aged in his own home for 10 years. <laughs> yes. It's uh, not quite as... It's not bad. I tried it's, a little. Yeah. It's sweet. It just tastes like a dessert wine. Yes, exactly. So, I don't know that I do or don't recommend. Here's my only thought. What? This podcast will be better than that wine. I hope so. It will. Since we're really going to get into things that JP2 actually said and not things that we're saying, it should hopefully absolutely be. Good. Let's talk about JP2. What does that stand for, for those who don't know? <laughs> um, so, JP2 is Pope John Paul II. Pope Saint. John Pope Paul II. Saint. I never Saint know Pope. what order to put it's it in. Pope Saint. Pope Saint. I, I could be wrong. I think that's right, though. Pope Saint John Paul II. Mm-hmm. And he didn't write. Well, he did write later. No. I he, assume somebody he, like he had written things down earlier in his life. Yeah. When he was a young priest, I believe. Yeah. So he basically he's always been a genius. Yeah. Um but regarding theology of the body. Yes. As a young a young man in Poland who going through the war pretty much alone, had lost all of his family. Yes. Um, was just a young priest. During World War Two. Previously, he had worked, I think, in some kind of, I want to say coal mine, but it sounded like a terrible yeah. job. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode, like all things JP2. Yeah, that'd be so, good. So, basically the context for this is, he was Pope. Yeah. I believe this was well into his papacy. It was not too, it was in the seven, late 70s. Late 70s. He I became think 78. Pope in, what, 1969? Sounds right. So, yeah, he had about ten, maybe eight, ten years under his belt of looking at the world's problems. Yeah. Although I'm sure he was not a stranger to those well before. <laughs> yeah, you know, with so. <laughs> the war. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, because we want people to like us, we're gonna start off with a very tender uh, and. Uh, a subject that everyone agrees on, uh, which is divorce. Oh, yeah. There's definitely no... No tension there. No tension. No. So, <laughs> but hopefully they remember what I said last week about give us a chance if something rubs you the wrong way. Or I, don't. I thought what you said was you'll either like us or you won't, but you'll know right away. <laughs> well, that was for last week's episode. If they're still here, then... <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, Stick it out. Yeah. You're here for a reason. It's, it's too late. <laughs> There's no coming back. <laughs> yes. Good. 
So. I almost said abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Nope. But we want it would the be the opposite, opposite is JP2's message. Yeah. Yes. We are an Easter people. And Alleluia is our song. Alleluia is our song, but at the core of that message would be the hope. Yeah. Of heaven. Of redemption and heaven. Resurrection. Yes. Yeah. So. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, right, again, theology of the body, otherwise known as men and women, he created them, uh, is a collection of audiences. Given on Wednesdays. Given on Wednesdays. Specifically. From the Vatican. Pope still does this. Yeah, he does a Wednesday audience. He does a Wednesday audience. I don't know if that continued with COVID or... Well, why not? But maybe not. I don't know. Anyways. Why did they stop a lot of things? Anyways, I don't, I don't know if it was normal before him or not. I don't know. I went to a Wednesday audience when I was in Rome. Oh. Couldn't understand a thing. It wasn't well, in English or Spanish, so... Yeah, I thought they did it like... Well, I think he did it in like multiple languages sometimes. He would have, though. He spoke Because like, he could, yeah. What? Eight languages. Eight languages. I okay. I was going to say 23, but that seemed like an exaggeration. Okay. Probably. Yes. I think eight <laughs> is closer. Yeah, eight's good. Eight's a good number. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what But again, are. well, all things JP2 episode, bonus content on pa- Patreon. Patreon, yep. So. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Yeah. So, um. Here's, should we state our, what is our, our goal? Our goal? Well, you know, last time I stated goals and then I forgot about two of them. That's fair. So, um, there was a line in here that I really liked, if you don't mind me. Oh, sure. Please. Um, Be my guest? I'm not your guest. I'm your co-host. You are. (laughs) Um... Let's see. I think it was in his very first audience. So he sets up the context for this. And basically what's happening is, okay, so this is 1979, September. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically what's happening is they're preparing for a synod of bishops. And we are preparing for a synod right now. Yeah. A synod for the synodal synodal synod. So. For those of you who don't know what a synod is, it's just a meeting. Um, it's a big meeting. People come together. We'll know more about them soon enough once the bishops Once decide. the bishops speak on synods. Yeah. Um, so. But uh, in this case, it was there's a synod on the family. On the family. And so. kind of the role of or the duty of the Christian family. Mm-hmm. And I think what JP2 is getting at here is... Uh, at the core of that would be these teachings, which I believe took him five years to... Yeah, that sounds about right. The audience lasted. Yes, because he he didn't do it every single Wednesday. Right. I mean, he would have to travel. He would have to... 1984. Yeah, so November. Yeah. A little over five years. Just a a touch. Mm -hmm. So... He sets this up, and he says that um, the Synod will focus our attention on this community of human and Christian life, which has been fundamental from the beginning. The Lord Jesus used precisely this phrase, from the beginning, in the dialogue about marriage reported in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark. 
We want to ask ourselves what the word beginning means. In addition, we want to clarify why Christ appealed to the beginning in this particular circumstance. For this reason, we offer a more precise analysis of the relevant text of sacred scripture. Um, so, specifically speaking, John Paul II is talking about uh, Matthew chapter 19. Yes. Um, and I'll let you explain a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, yeah. And we'll probably, probably read it. Yeah, too. I think I think that would be good. Yeah. Um, a little scripture, never heard anyone. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Define hurt. I don't, I don't know. Um, yes, so he's kind of saying like, hey, we're all called to this. Uh, we're, and and to, to truly understand our call, uh, as I was reading and preparing for this today, to truly understand our call, we have to go back to the way that God intended things to be upon the creation of Adam and Eve. So... Would you like to, are you going to summarize or are you going to start by reading? Sure, let me, we'll read it first. Okay. Since it's here for us, we'll go ahead and read. I think he quotes the one from, the reading from Matthew, although the same account is also in the Gospel of Mark. That's Mark, Mark chapter 10. 10. All right, so yes, so here... Again, from Matthew 19, uh, it reads, Some Pharisees came to him to test him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? And he answered them, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator created them male and female, and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and his mother, and unite with his wife, and the two will be one flesh? So it is that they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined... Let man not separate. They objected. Why then did Moses order to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus answered, Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Uh, right, I think John Paul II even, I don't know if it was in part you read, but uh, he points out right in twice in Jesus' answer to the Pharisees. Um, mentions the beginning um, and how important that is. And so I think that's where John Paul II kind of starts to say, okay, well, Jesus is talking about the beginning, so something important <laughs> is there for us to look at in the beginning. Um, right? And I guess pretty probably pretty self-explanatory, maybe not to people who aren't familiar with the, the scripture or I guess like the who are not creationists. <laughs> um, That's why we're here. Yeah. We, we'll talk about we'll talk about it a little bit this week, but definitely more in depth next on the next podcast yeah. episode. And I think the one after that too, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yes. but anyways, uh, right, he's referring to uh, like literally what we read now in Genesis of the creation of the world. Um, this is something that when we look at it now, right? The Pharisees would have understood, like, right? Very because the Pharisees easily. would have been very well read um, in the scriptural texts. Right, probably knew it by heart. 
Yeah, absolutely. I have, have had it memorized mm-hmm. and probably been able to quote it back mm-hmm. easily. Right. Um, and so uh, that's another thing that John Paul II says is that while Jesus is answering the Pharisees and you know saying to them what they will understand, uh, it's also meant for all of us still now, too. It's not something um, that only applies back then, I think. And it's probably pretty obvious to most people, too, that it's probably even more relevant <laughs> today to be talking about uh, divorce and right, what effect that has on us yeah. <laughs> and why, um, just because it's so much more common than I'm sure it was in, in that time, in Jesus' time. So I would guess so, but I don't want to presume anything like that, you know? Right. Well, I think it was more, there was like a lot more shame to it, I think. Yes. And I just want to like throw out a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you and I agree on this and the, and the church agrees that there are some cases in which divorce is absolutely necessary mm-hmm. for the safety and well-being of, of those involved. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think that that is what the Pharisees are questioning Jesus about. Um, because John Paul II uh analyzes Jesus's response to the Pharisees Mm -hmm. and obviously Jesus being God knows exactly their intentions Mm -hmm. um but I just wanted to like lay that out there right yeah that there's there's almost always some exception to most things so it's not like it's not like just because if you no see you're gonna make that blanket and then it's not a statement. That's the opposite of a blanket statement. <laughs> There's almost always some exception to. I think that was a pretty safe way to phrase it. There's almost always some exception. There's a few things that don't have exceptions. Right, but a lot of things do. Um, there's a lot of gray area and things. Um, it's true. But yeah, I think the more important thing is, like you said, looking at, you know, we're really looking at Jesus's response. Um, because, again, what John Paul II breaks down is that it's more we're trying to understand the, what he, right, again, the way he words it is the indissolubility of marriage. Nice. Yeah, almost got it out without hitch. Indissolubility. Um, it's the first time he's been able to say that today. <laughs> all day. All day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's the point is to look at, you know, why is marriage something that we take seriously? Right. Um, and, you know, how it is more than just, you know, like the Pharisees saying, you know, give the wife a certificate and leave her. <laughs> and be like, okay, we're divorced, that's it. Um, you're right, and so that's one thing Jesus talks to, the hardness of their hearts, which again, yes. talks more about it more in depth later. Um, but also saying that, you know, pointing out Jesus does says that um, you know Moses allowed you to divorce because of the hardness of your hearts, um, but in the beginning it was not so. When we look at the beginning, that you know it's God who's establishing you know man, male and female, and basically this again another kind of key phrase, the primordial sacrament of marriage, um, that it's God establishing this and that. Pharisees are pointing to, well, Moses said it's okay. And he's like, well, again, you read Genesis, you know, um, 
let man not separate, you know, what God has, um, or however it goes. Um, what does he say? Uh, it says, therefore, what God has joined, let man not separate. Right. I'm really used to the, the KJV version. That's it. it always makes it up in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's saying, let man not separate. So Jesus, you know, again, is pretty much shutting them down right away to say, like, Okay, you're saying a man said it's okay to divorce, but right in the beginning, God said let man not separate this. So it's like, that doesn't make it, like, the best thing for you just because Moses said it's okay. Right? So he, he's pretty much he is shutting them down, like, so quickly, just like right there. And that's what, and John Paul II goes on to say that, you know, um, you, that's what I was referring to. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is where you're going, but I'll no, throw it out there anyway. You're skipping down here, but yeah. what I was referring to earlier was um, John Paul II says, Christ does not accept the discussion on the level which his interl- mm. interlocutors try to introduce it. In a sense, he does not approve of the dimension they tried to give the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he appeals twice to the beginning. By doing so, he clearly refers to the relevant words of Genesis which his interlocutors would know by heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, which is cool. Cause there's a handful of times in the Gospels where we see either the Pharisees or the Sadducees, right, some, some Jewish, you know, elders <laughs> trying to, like, shut down Jesus and, like, get him to say, like, trick him into something. And Jesus just, he just doesn't even, like, take them where he, like, takes it on a whole other, like, level. Yeah. Above like what they're thinking. Yeah. Literally, the next thing John Paul II says is, "From these words, the most ancient of the most ancient revelation, Christ draws the conclusion, and the dialogue ends." Yeah, yeah, because they know they know right away. It's like no, okay, yeah, we can't argue <laughs> with what he just said, right? Because then people will be like, basically, they'd be saying that they knew better than God. <laughs> yeah, but what you were going forward with was. Um, Kind of on that point. What God has joined, let man not separate. You were skipping down. Yeah, to say that pretty much, like, yeah, you, John Paul II says, like, that could be the end of the the whole argument right there, you know, what Jesus said. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, then, of course, that's just, this is literally the first audience that he gives, and uh, he has, obviously, a lot more to talk about. Um, so, it's, you know, uh, just, it's a solid point, though, I think, that it's like it's literally that simple um again you know as long as you have the background of you know you believe in god <laughs> and you know yes. revelation um which if you don't there are other books that discuss that right that's true <laughs> good point but he's presuming uh, that some evangelization has been met with mm-hmm. the gift of faith yeah and that, well that's one thing too that's really great about theology of the body is that you could have a conversation with someone who's not necessarily um, theistic, <laughs> um, yes. who you know, I'm just on the like surface level of marriage, you know, doesn't agree with it. Um, you know, a big part of the, you know, looking through theology is understanding more about um, you know natural law and just the the very like way that we are created that. I mean, you can ignore it, but, um, again, he's kind of pointing out that you can 
you know, clearly see who we are, who we're meant to be, if you really look. But it's not, um, you know, necessarily all based on faith, which I, I think is important. Yes, and we know, but maybe our listeners don't, that John Paul II was a lover of science. Mm-hmm. Um, he, in fact, I think that, and perhaps he says this somewhere, you're definitely more familiar with the actual texts than I am. Um, but biology and theology of the body kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And you have to recognize the truth of of one to understand the other right yeah exactly and that's where you know a lot of this is really based on the physical of what you can see right um which does make it harder when you get into like i I don't know mental issues (laughs) that arise yeah definitely so and that's probably something we'll save for another time yes definitely but what you said about this this having to do with you know we see the body the body has a sacramentality to it or it's Mm -hmm. a visible sign Mm -hmm. um, of a reality and and theology of the body is uh, to put it very elementary learning about God uh, and the truth of who he is as revealed through our bodies and also his plan for us yeah. as revealed through our physical bodies. Um, obviously, you can dissect that down uh, quite a bit. But Yeah, but I think, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too, to just say that the reason it's called theology of the body is it's like, theology, like the study of God, of the body, or right? theology of the body. It's literally understanding how our bodies reveal more to us about who God is. Yeah. Just like you said. Yes. Um, there was a point that he, oh, this beautiful sentence that John Paul II said. Um, and for I guess for anyone who wants to kind of follow along in their own copy of mm-hmm. Man and Woman, He Created Them, uh, we're kind of, we're looking at the first audience, the end of the third audience, mm-hmm. And the fourth audience, Right. if you're OCD like me, I read all four. Now I'm... Just one through four. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I'm prepared for for the next uh, episode, but that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was such a beautiful sentence he said about, like, the body... He's about how the body reveals. Yes, obviously. Like, the, the main... The whole main point of... The whole main point of Theology of the Body, the, but it was summed up so beautifully that I want to quote it. People always call it the thesis of yes. Theology of the Body. Do you want me to say it? Yeah, okay, you say it, and then I'll tell you if, okay. if it's exactly... If it's the right one. Yeah. Um, so I think you're trying to think of the body and it alone is capable of making visible what is invisible, the spiritual and the divine. No. No? It's a good sentence. Okay. But I don't think so that's the one. So you were thinking one. different ones. Okay. Yeah. It was... Oh my goodness. Hmm. 
I'm not sure what it would be other than that one. That's the one. That's like the. the I know key. that's like the key. This one was specifically about. I should have highlighted it. This book yeah. has been written in so much. <laughs> I don't know why I was hesitant that's about a, that. Yeah. Um. It was one of those like. Oh wait, hold on. It was like, not, I don't want to say like a flippant remark, but it was just kind of like tossed in there. Like the body is after all our primary source of evidence of like who mm. we were created to be. Oh, gotcha. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it was, was so like casually thrown in yeah. that I was, I was like, I want to remember that. <laughs> um, well. And. How'd that go? I mean, I feel like I remembered the point of it. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, it was something I already knew. But yeah. if you'd never heard anything about this, mm-hmm. I would want you to know that. Like, yeah. all of this is based on the body being the primary source of evidence mm-hmm. of our creation, our relationship with God, our purpose, and our destiny for salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what, like, the object, it's kind of weird. Like, the more you study it, it's like some of the biggest like most important points are like really really simple things like we have to look at (laughs) and be aware of our body to like understand who we are and it's like yeah (laughs) like obviously I can only know what I see to a certain like to you know to a certain degree um but then there's so much more deeper to it too it's like some things are like yeah like the body is our primary source of evidence like yeah of course that's like what i have <laughs> it's all i have <laughs> right besides you know that well, I and it see. seems so simple to say that especially if you are a kind of a believing christian mm-hmm. yeah. then you know that we are meant to have a relationship with god and to foster that yeah but i think the, the thing is too that it it's really inescapable that even if you don't believe in God, it's your body is still, it still has like a message. That yeah, that call, that purpose, even. that dignity is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and more to it too that even, you know, anybody who exists, you know, to some degree wants to know, you know, like what. Who am I? Like, what? Why am I here? Um, and right, we we obviously you know know ultimately our purpose is to be loved and to love, um, and to be you know in heaven, <laughs> right at the end of the day. But um, to someone who doesn't believe in God, that you know it's like they're still trying to find that they just don't know what it is it's really interesting to me because you were talking about elon musk last weekend okay oh yeah and his pursuit of purpose they're like the purpose of the human race right yeah i don't fully understand that um i mean not that but like i don't know a lot about him right well he i get just from what i've seen he wants to get you know humanity to like find what 
our purpose is and he always he says things like um like we need to broaden our scope of reality of what we know of the universe that we are in yeah but like what's his goal can you run that by me again like it's just to find the answer the purpose of our purpose right existence and i mean obviously you and i know this but I mean, I very strongly uh, argued that he wouldn't find it without God. And I agreed with you. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I love that there's this built-in longing. Mm -hmm. Even in someone who is so very obviously not um, of a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. Uh. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty obvious that he he's an atheist or some kind of like. Yeah, I don't know where he stands. Maybe would, like a deist. By. Yes, but yeah, probably. Um. Yeah. So, but I I again that call is still there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that it's the uh, the famous. St. Augustine, quote, uh, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Right? Like, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's definitely. That's true for anybody. Smart guy. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> Doctor. Doctor. Doctor Augustine. <laughs> PhD. No. Doctor of... The church. The church, <laughs> yes. I don't know if they get initials. I don't think so. It's in letters after their name. Not that I've seen. So... Yeah. Well, he's he's got a cooler thing to follow his name anyways. Is this, is it, is, am I thinking of a different... Is there another Augustine? But isn't he Augustine of Hippo? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just, I that's don't know. the same. I wasn't confident all the way. Yeah. You know, Monica was his mom, credited with his conversion. Yeah. I mean, God, mostly, but... Her, her prayers. steadfast prayer. Exactly. Her faithfulness. Yeah. Brought her heathen son. Back to the church. Yep. Very, like, I always get the impression I don't know a lot about, I feel like there's not a lot about their interactions that's popularly known, maybe in... Well, he left home, (laughs) so they didn't have a lot of interactions until later. And it was, like, makes me think of in Pinocchio. (laughs) Like the Disney film? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jiminy Cricket? (laughs) Well, not that. Okay. Part when mm-hmm. they go to the um, island, yeah, with, where all the kids like yeah. turn into donkeys. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So I mean, I know I read his confessions a very long time ago, uh-huh. but to me, that was like the essence of what how he was living his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. That sums it up pretty well, I think. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie... Just surrounded by asses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're gonna get the E. The E? Explicit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. This is a family-friendly podcast. It's like the Bible uses the word ass, so... It in does. The, in the right context. As you As did. I did, yes. Yeah. It's okay. What was I looking at the other day? That had it was a really funny advertisement, and we're gonna tangent here oh, okay. for, so, for a second. Uh, well, I didn't know where you're going. What was I looking at? 
<laughs> Go on. I just have a way with words. Um, don't take a sip of wine when I tell you this. Okay. Okay, so I was on the website um, at, at church with, called Sticker Mule. It's... At church? Like yeah. During mass? No, 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 no. At, oh. At work. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I was there with my assistant, um, trying to come up with gifts for our volunteers, and I was on the website Sticker Mule yes, because nice. they have free or not free shipping, fast shipping. Yeah, I don't know what the shipping cost actually, um, but oh man, I wish I could remember exactly what it said. But I literally like snorted and like chortled. Is that the right word? Probably. It was so funny, but it was like, do you have your phone over there? I do. I don't, I didn't bring my phone to this episode, apparently. You want sticker meal? Yeah, no, let me do it, though, because I want to read it. I want, no, you have to have. Here. I need your. Just getting to the website. Your actual reaction. I won't read it. Okay. So, you click, okay, so you Googled. I did. And websites came up, and I clicked on the one for their website, and it says, right at the top, in big letters, custom stickers that kick ass. It's a good slogan. And I was like, cause mule. Cause mule, yeah. <laughs> That's so smart. It's very smart. Did you know, on another note, re- this is further. Relating to sticker mule. Okay. So okay. It's a sticker tangent. It's not an ass tangent. Sticker tangent. Okay. Sticker. I should have gotten this. Oh my gosh. I think you would have loved it. Or not. I don't know. Okay. So what do you what kind of products do you think Sticker Mule makes? Stickers. And maybe what else? Like bad like pins. Like magnets, decals, magnets, right? Yeah. Stickers, labels, magnets, buttons, packaging, and more. Okay. Do you, so we placed our order. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. And we noticed a third item was added to the card. Okay. And it said, you get a free bottle of mule sauce. They have hot sauce. Oh, nice. Hot sauce that cool. kicks ass. Nice. They just give you that? I you forget. Yeah, I'll have to see, like, what the deal mm-hmm. is. That's if cool. we got a bottle, you can try it. We'll and if we didn't... It. We could try it on the thing. Then when I order our... Maybe I'll order some, like, magnets or something maybe, for better, be than, thing better than wine. Yeah. And like, then I'll I'll get... It's it's $8 for one bottle. Yeah. That, that could be a thing, though. I could do try hot sauces you're gonna try hot sauces <laughs> sure I'd okay love to. that'd be awesome all right um here's that for you thanks you're welcome um anyways that was a really long tangent yes but where did it start <laughs> <laughs> the body yes. is our primary Perhaps. source of evidence yeah um and then we really haven't gone too deep into um, 
chapter four, chapter four, audience four. Audience four, no, because that's, it sort of starts at the end of three, as I said, start, the oh, end of three. sorry, sorry, sorry. There's a section right okay. before he, uh, he wraps it up where he kind of gives you a little, like, teaser for the next audience. Yeah. Because he knows what he's going to talk he's about. He's good at cliffhangers. He really is. And he's really good at the, like, like summarizing what he talked about the week before. Yes. At the beginning. Very good. So, um, but yeah, right at the um, end of audience three, uh, he begins to talk about the perspective of the redemption of the body. Um, and this is where um, audience four focuses a lot on um, Romans chapter eight, verse 23, which should I read now? If you want to, or I can read it. Oh, would you want to? You can read it. I can read it. Yeah, you read it. Uh, I, th- I think it's in the next. I definitely want to read Ephesians 5, just so you know, yes. for the well, future. you like reading St. Paul. I do. Should we show your icon? No. <laughs> I don't need to. All right. I'm not easily embarrassed. We'll, we'll take a picture of it, put it on uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram stories. Better Than Wine podcast. Yeah. Instagram.com. <laughs> Instagram.com slash better. Do they have a website? Instagram? Yeah, is it? It used to yeah. just be an app. I don't know. No, it's Instagram.com slash better than wine podcast. Okay. But most people have the app. We're the weirdos here. Oh. All right. Actually, I did put the app on the iPad. Oh, that's Because it was easier to upload things. Definitely. Um, yes. Cool. Facebook and Instagram have the same username. Because they're owned by Facebook. Meta. No. Like, I'm saying at Better Than Wine podcast. Pretty much. Twitter is at underscore Better Than Wine. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that is what it is. Because they have a character limit. There's not not a whole lot on there yet. No. Nothing. nothing. (laughs) Well, hopefully by the time this posts. Then. Um, Okay. This isn't, like, in here. It, it's... I know I saw it in there somewhere. It's a, It's not very long. It's literally just the one verse. And Mike's probably picking up the pages. Good. I'm gonna find it in the Bible. Oh, there you go. It's probably faster. Probably. You, you know how to use you a Bible. You picked the loudest Bible that we have. I know, with its zipper. zipper. This is just the Bible I've had for, like, ten I years. Know. You didn't like my Bible. It's not that I didn't like it. It was just weird. It was weird. I, ha- I have honestly, I've never used it. Never used that one. That I've one. used a Bible. I have several other ones sitting up there. I like how you just have an entire chapter of Philippians highlighted in here. I do. Which one? Chapter one. Why? Is, is that highlighted? Or is it a different page? The one before. Oh, no, it's Ephesians. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, it's Ephesians 5. Huh? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Honestly, someone else probably highlighted that, but anyway. It looks like the kind of Bible you wouldn't write in. Yeah. I used to have another one that had, like, tassels. And I set them to my, my favorite verses. You mean, like, bookmark? No, like... Ribbons? Like the, like, the tassels that religious books have. They're tassels. Tassels just makes me think of... I know. But that's like a James you problem. Peter. It's not a me problem. It's a local problem. Okay. That's fair. 
you get in trouble? Yeah, I don't know how to use a Bible. Should I get one of my sixth graders to find it for you? Yes. Your <laughs> sixth graders know probably. how to use a Bible? No. <laughs> they probably don't. Your, oh, some of them do. Your other class probably does. No. You don't use the Bible in there? Not all the time. Not often enough. Oh. Romans, right? You have to find the... Uh, what's that one... Doesn't, isn't it like someone does like the but I don't know if it's just the New Testament or all the books to like the tune of like the William Tell Overture or something. I don't know. I'm more of Should like. I find that while you find that? Yeah, you find that. I'm more of a Bible in a minute kind of person. <laughs> I used to have the whole thing memorized thanks to. Um, I had a teacher in high school named Mr. D'Amico. Oh, yeah. Did I? No, he wasn't there. I think so, actually. Maybe. You didn't meet Mr. Aranda. He was the bomb. They were both great, actually. Dang. Um, honestly, the reasons I ended up where I did. Mm. But, yes. And Spanish class. I don't know why. There was this one kid. Um, I can't remember his name now. I give him a shout out. That's too bad. I know. I sat next to him in a lot of classes, though. And yeah. he would pick the Bible in a Minute video for a lot of things. Nice. I want to say, like, Austin or something. I don't know. Okay. Seems too, okay. This seems too long. I'm going to get a different Bible. I'm going to play this while you do that. You're gonna play it into the microphone? Yep, I'm just gonna go for it. I don't okay. know. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm gonna try it. And I don't know if this is the right thing. So. Do you know what translation the Didache Bible uses? I think this is RSV. I'm not sure. Let me, let me, hold on, let me check. Let me you go ahead. I'm gonna find the page over here so I don't mess up the microphones. I don't know if this is it. You better make sure. Okay, this isn't what I was thinking, but it's good enough. No, you gotta preview all the material. Yeah. It's like a whole song. Like a legit song. But anyways, so if that helps you. I'm sorry if there's bad yeah. microphone sounds hopefully, for me hopefully getting that up. Song okay. You. It didn't actually. The index, not index, co- table of contents. 
Can you use the table of contents? I... Can <clears throat> you run a religious education program? I do. Yikes. Here's the thing about this particular Bible's table of contents. You know, a lot of Bibles, they just list the books in order, right? This one's alphabetical. Well, it has abbreviations, alphabetical. Yeah. Um, but what it has that I like is a page number. This is really disappointing. This is Why happening is right disappointing? Now. I didn't want it to feed into the microphone. What? Like flipping pages? No, that's not my, well. Okay. But that's what I was. It's disappointing to me that you're finding a, a passage of scripture by the page number in the table of contents. No, I found the book by the page number. Yeah. Oh, just relax. It's just, yeah, it's the same. Anyways. Someone's grumpy. <laughs> I just had higher higher standards for you. Well, lower your expectations. With your, with your theology degree. Shouldn't joke about that. There it is. Always always have to make an obscure office reference. Shh. It's healthy. Okay, I found it. I'm going to point it out anytime you make an office reference. <laughs> That's just going to make it awkward. Yes. I snuck one in last time and you didn't even notice. I didn't. We didn't notice when we you didn't re-listened. <laughs> okay. 823. Yep. Is this the right one? Oh my gosh. I don't want to read it and be wrong. Kidding me? Um, oh yeah, it is. Okay. The, that. Yeah, start, it would just start there. Okay. I should have just let you read it. <laughs> Instead you had to play a song and make fun uh. of me. Trying to help you. I know. Okay. Good. But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Yeah, that was right here. Awesome. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so, in the, his audience, first of all, again, the. John Paul II is going back to um, Matthew 19. Would you right. put your phone on Do Not Disturb, please? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. How do I do that? Do you not, you sli swipe down? Um, so he's going back to Matthew 19 uh, and putting in us into the perspective of how do we view the world right? and as opposed to how did um, the original man view the world, if you will. Um, right, meaning Adam and Eve before the fall, before sin. Right. Um, and which we'll talk about in a future It would have included episode. more if they'd have held out for just a little bit. I know. Oh, Actually, well. I can't really say that with certainty. Yeah. I have this one, the audience four was on your birthday. It was on my birthday. Before you were born. Yes, so, many technically years. technically not your birthday, but, um... Did you know... Oh, here we go. ...that... Pope Paul the Sixth. Yeah, good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Love him. Love him. <laughs> Pope Paul the Sixth and I have the same birthday. Birthday buddies. Yes. Yeah. And also, Pope Paul the Sixth yep. was this is like gonna sound irrelevant to everyone except maybe like four people in the whole world. Yeah. You, me, and two other people. Yes. Um that's four. Yep. Uh, Pope Paul VI was baptized 
on the same day that St. Therese passed away. And her last words to, uh, I believe, I'd have to verify this, um, the, like, Mother Superior, Mm -hmm. who, uh, were that she was offering her suffering that for all of the babies who would be baptized that day. Whoa. And, listen, same year. Like, it was the same day. Yeah. So... Wow. Good job, Therese. I mean, she does things. She really does. She just, like, shows up. I've never been particularly drawn to her. Yeah. But it's cool to see her move in other people's lives. Yeah. It's like, I think you have a talk about her. Um, Be you, more vague. You brought you brought him to St. Vincent. The guy that gave a talk. He's from Franciscan. About St. Therese? I think he talked about St. Therese quite a bit. Oh, was it John Beaulieu? Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That was a big part of his story. So, oh, yeah. I, I think. St. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually get to hear any of that. Oh, yeah. So. That's right. So I was running a different retreat while I simultaneously, yeah. <laughs> not facilitated, but, uh, what's the word? I, like, scheduled that one. Yeah. No, it was really so, good. Yeah. Anyways, um... So, again, he's talking about our um, perspective now as historical man. Uh, as, you know, Did you cover original man? Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just talked about it before. Very briefly. Before our Therese tangent. Yes. Um, where, yeah, original man is Adam and Eve before sin. Um, right? And historical man refers to all of us since sin has entered the world up to now. And From the fall... From the fall, up until the present moment. Up until the present moment, and going and forth know. until the until second the resurrection. Coming. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What you said. Also. So Jesus, I always am just so intrigued by this. I know I shouldn't be. It's like such a simple thing, but like, God. I mean, I know this had to have happened this way, but like, God humbled Himself. It took on human flesh in the period of historical man. Like, mm-hmm. well into it with so much time following. Yep. It's always, it's really interesting to think about, like, why did God, like, why was that the time? Like, it was, but why? Yeah. You know, but it, you know, obviously it works. Well, what's interesting <laughs> to me... I think Father pointed this out. Um, maybe not pointed this out. I don't know. In casual conversation, as he and I often do theologize. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about the second coming, but it made me think of like the incarnation, which was, it can't be the second coming because it's supposed to be during a time when the whole world is at peace. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Hmm. We're not there yet. Nope. We don't know what that would look like. Obviously, no, it's we don't. open to a lot of... Um, maybe we know not the day nor the hour. But um, I believe it starts off in Luke's Gospel that... Um, I, should, I was 
goes too far. You're going to find it? You know what? I can find the Gospels. I know you can do that. No, I mean, like, do you know where it actually is? Though? Yes, the very first oh, okay. sentence, oh, wow. I believe. Well, that would be very handy. I feel like not, though. Okay. I don't actually know where it is. Okay. Do you want to summarize it? Yeah, so basically it says somewhere in scripture Mm -hmm. that, like, in the days of Herod, it, like, sets the scene, you know? But it says when the whole world was at peace with itself. Yeah, it just... That's about John the Baptist. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But it said, like, the whole world was at peace. And but I was it like, totally wasn't. <laughs> the whole Roman emperor, Empire. Yeah, that wasn't great. I don't, like... I should do more, like, exegetical work in, into that. Because mm-hmm. it does say that. Yeah, I believe you. It's but just, it would make like, sense that, like, the... F- second coming to resemble the incarnation in a sense and mm-hmm. i know we're jumping like way no yeah. way ahead no it's like it's a good point but um anyway sorry go on with your uh talk about redemption yeah that <laughs> yeah um i'm sure so uh just kind of another point john paul ii kind of lays out there uh, is that, you know, we only understand the experience of historical man, because that's who we are. Um, we we can't understand what it is, what it was to be the original man, or in the future, the eschatological man. Um, we only know what we know, who we are, um, and that's what we participate in. Uh, and you know, one thing he likes to point out is how that is the same in that, you know, scope. It's the same for people in Jesus' time, as well as us now. We're all still historical men. Um, right, in that, uh, he puts it well here. Um, again, talking about, like, historical man. Uh, he says, he participates not only in the history of human sinfulness as a hereditary and at the same time personal and unrepeatable subject of this history, but he also participates in the history of salvation, here too as a subject and co-creator. He is thus not merely shut out from original innocence due to his sinfulness, but also at the same time open to the mystery of the redemption, realized in Christ and through Christ. And that's when he quotes Romans chapter 8, talking about um, the, the, fruits of the, the first fruits of the Spirit. Like, like uh, okay, we have, now we have some idea of, like, of God's plan of salvation. Like, now you know, he's at this... Um, this inward groaning, right? Just waiting for the redemption. Yeah. Like we know that there's there's more. We're hoping for more. Um, we've gotten sort of like a, a taste of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the first fruit of the spirit. Groan inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Mm-hmm. It makes me think. I forget who it is. There's there was a saint. Oh, this is really interesting. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. What's your saint? Um, there, there's some saint who, like, this, this says groan inwardly. He would do, like, he would, like groan out, outwardly. 
um, and would like say that that was like healthy. I don't forget who it was. I want to say Thomas, but which one? Aquinas. But I feel like maybe not. It sounds like something he would do. Um, but anyways, what did you find? It also sounds like something maybe like one of the more charismatic. Yeah. Saints would do. It does. Um, so this is the Didache Bible. Yes. Which has commentaries based on the Catechism. I love this Bible. Not for spiritual growth, but for study. Right. I guess not Not for spiritual growth. Not for spiritual meditation is what yeah. I meant. Yeah, it's more... There will be no spiritual growth while using this Bible. <laughs> mm. Um... Like so, do you remember, you bought me this Bible for Christmas. I did. What, three years ago? Two or three, Two years, or three ago, years ago. Two three years ago. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, it's referencing Catechism Paragraph 735. I should have brought a Catechism over here, too. Um, not that it specifically matters for this, but... Uh, it says, regarding the first fruits, when farmers harvest the first of their crops, they obtain a better idea of how the entire harvest season will go. In a similar way, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the beginning of a new life in Christ, gives us a foretaste of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly what John Paul II is talking about, too. Um, and, yeah, just the whole idea of, like, yeah, we, we like... Think of, like, everybody before Jesus' time who are living in this, like, historical man state. Like, how hopeless that would feel compared to now, in a sense. We're like, it's like, okay, what do we do? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is, what are we looking for? And I guess that, mm-hmm. that, you know, the Jews are waiting for the Messiah. That's kind of, like, the next thing. And then Jesus is there, and then it's like, no, he's not the Messiah, so... For some of them. For some of them. Yeah. Tough times in Judaism. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a nice little excerpt yes. that, uh, that lays out there. Yeah. I, I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I wish it said more about this. It, oh, it does, actually. Oh, good. Um, this is commentary based on three different catechism paragraphs, 2630, 2634, and 2739. As a woman endures pain in order to give birth to her beloved child. In a like manner, humanity suffers in this life, even as it looks for liberation and the fulfillment of everlasting life. We do not know how to pray. Acknowledging this is the first step to obtaining the Holy Spirit's help in prayer. It is through prayer that we live in Christ and come to know God's will for us. I just love that. Like, I mean, we're going to talk about suffering, I'm sure, at various points. Probably even have an entire episode on the meaning of suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when we teach the 8th graders, we spend several classes on that. Yeah. Um, What do we read about suffering? 
was there, oh, was that, um, what was the Marian devotion? Was there, there was a lot about suffering in there. Was there, was it something else we read? I think it was. Good. Um, I think it was like the Colby section of 33 Days to Morning Glory. Yeah, also Mother Teresa. That makes sense. Yeah. Probably all of them talked about suffering, but I specifically, like, the Colby one really stuck with me. Um, Yeah. He understood suffering. Yeah. Just a little. Uh, (laughs) Yes. So that really, like, speaks to, you know, if you're suffering to unite yourself with Christ, there's a purpose to Mm -hmm. it. That's all I have to say. Okay. Yeah, I think, and that echoes what I remember. Um, I, I guess it was 33 days to morning glory. Yes. With Mother Teresa, what she would say, um, that there was like a moment where she just, uh, I don't remember if it was in prayer or what, but she just like suddenly understood sort of the depth of Jesus's suffering and like united herself to that. And, that, and that's what like drew her to... Yeah. Do what she did. Um, you, know, you see how amazing that is, but also at the same time, how miserable it is in a sense. But in, yeah. But there's like that beauty of it that it's just like you're just loving other like, people when you endlessly. suffer well, you serve something like higher than yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, God, presumably, right. but yes. also the good of other people, possibly. Right. Um, like in St. Therese's case, when she was dying, she yeah. offered that suffering for the babies who were going to be baptized. And I have no doubt in my mind that that did a lot of good. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's kind of like the epitome of the virtue of charity, right? The virtue by which we love God above all else and uh, our neighbor, our neighbor as ourselves. So, yeah. A little bit of confirmation vocabulary there. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, to go back to Romans, yes, Paul, um, that again, that it's not just random that John Paul II kind of throws this out there, um, but that he uses it to kind of connect it to the beginning, um, to our our experience, right? Juxtaposed, if you will, to that of Adam and Eve. Um, You're going to make me get out my dictionary here. Yes. Um, but no, just the, the fact that we, we have to kind of take everything from this perspective that we have now. And when Jesus is telling us to look at the beginning, that again, we're not going to like fully understand what they were experiencing. Um, but that it, we're looking basically it's kind of like we're looking through a window you know to like a different world of you know this is how it's meant to be even though because of sin we can't fully live it the same way that he did um and that's where this this comes in that the way that um john paul ii even puts it that he says that this um verse from romans chapter eight um, expresses the direction of our research 
centered on the revelation of that beginning to which Christ appealed in his dialogue about the indissolubility of marriage. Um, and that all our further analyses, also based on the first chapters of Genesis, will almost necessarily reflect the truth of the Pauline words. Um, and if we place ourselves in this position, so profoundly in harmony with experience, the beginning must speak to us with the great wealth of light that comes from revelation, to which, above all, theology desires to respond. Um, right? So, like, understanding this, that inward groaning Paul is talking about, that we understand sort of now through Jesus uh, a bit of you know what is being offered to us uh, in salvation um, and taking right like kind of joining the, this revelation along with our own experience mm -hmm. to know that you know there is something more that we're called to that um, you know again that we need this redemption we know that we're not the, you know, most perfect we could be right now, um, but that God wants that for us, and he's calling us to that. Right. I think it was, um, well, John Paul II has his, his famous phrase, the universal call to holiness, mm -hmm. and I think that that goes so perfectly with um, there's a line from St. Paul, and forgive me, I am Catholic, so I don't know exactly the verse, <laughs> yep. chapter, verse, or even book, honestly. It's just Paul. It's Paul. That's good enough. Um, I believe it's Paul. It's going to be really embarrassing if it's not Paul. Yeah, a little bit. Paul wrote to Timothy, right? Yeah. 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 He's also a pretty good guess for most New Testament right. letters. Anyways, but. Um, now I'm questioning if it was in like Acts of the Apostles but I don't think it was I think it was Paul I'm gonna stick with it okay you could google it and fact check me um no <laughs> okay that's alright uh it's like um oh help me out here I mean I'm gonna say it and then you'll know what I'm talking about okay the essence of it is that in our weakness, um, God perfects us. I think I know what you're talking about. Can you Google it? Something about our, is it like something to do with our call? Is that it? Yeah, that it's like, <sighs> I wish I had, it just came to me right now. Yeah. But this is, um, I've, I've just, for like a, I don't know what the, the word I'm thinking of, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, just to say, I've kind of read, we've gone through now all the kind of the main points through the first audience, and again, the fourth audience mainly, mm -hmm. one of the third ones, so just to say that we have kind of covered all of that, um, but let me see if I can find this, uh, I guess, how would I find that? <laughs> what am I searching? Um, Bible verse. God made perfect in weakness. Okay. I always feel so, like, stilted when I, I Google things. <laughs> like, I am talking to a robot. They understand the words. What do you got? 
I came up with Second Corinthians. Okay, that that actually sounds right. Um, and is Paul so? Is still Paul. Colossians, so Ephesians. Uh, it doesn't give me the first stuff. <laughs> Commendation of Titus. Um, okay, so Second Corinthians, chapter twelve, verse nine. Um, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Yeah, what translation is that? That was... It's probably NIV, which is, is my least it, favorite. It, it was NIV. It's just what came up. I didn't look first. What was the verse? Sorry. Uh, 9. 12, 9. 12, 9. Three okay, so this is 12.8. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Oh, wait. Sorry, that's a kind of out of context. Um, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That oh my gosh, pretty much that's the same. the same. Is this an enemy? No. <laughs> Shh. Uh, I don't think so. It says Ignatius Bible, Bible Edition. Oh, Midwest Theological Forum. Yeah. I don't think that Father would own anything. That was the NIV translation. Probably not. And he owns this, so... We, uh... In high school, we used the Ignatius Bible. Isn't the Ignatius Bible the RSV? Probably. I don't know. Hmm. But anyways, it was almost identical to what I just read. It was. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. They got to hear it twice. Yep. Extra emphasis on... Our weaknesses. Our weaknesses <laughs> and God's... That... Strength. Yeah. Sure. Grace. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yes. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts? I don't know. Not really. Um, I guess just that... Any fun stories um, you want to share from this week? No. Ooh, you should tell the Benny story. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the one from today. At, at uh, lunch, when at I lunch. was at Lowe's. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Benny's three and a half. Three and a half. And she was sitting pretty patiently at her little table. Waiting for her lunch. Waiting for her lunch while I was getting it ready. Um, heating up those Thanksgiving leftovers. Um... And no, she wasn't like talking to me or anything. Like we weren't having a conversation. Uh, I was just making her lunch, and just out of nowhere, she just goes, "Dad, can I be a Starbucks lady when I grow up?" And I said, "If you like," and she said, "Hooray." Just like that. Just Hooray. like that. Hooray. Do you know what I noticed about her, though, today? What? Because, you know, she plays coffee shop with her little house outside. Yeah. She says Starbucks. Starbucks, yeah. And that's my favorite thing. Yeah. No, you're right. She does. Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Mom, would you like to place an order? <laughs> she said, Mom, would you like to place an order? I said, sure. I'll have a chai tea latte with almond milk. <laughs> and she goes, Okay. She poured some rocks into a cup, obviously. Um, but she <laughs> put it out the little window and goes, Here you go. It's burnt. 
<laughs> it's burnt. Yeah. So. Uh, that really adds up. That's a good one. So. Yeah. All of her... She kind of makes her own twists on things she's seen. Yes. Is what that... Because that was... What you just described was totally copied from something. But again, she put her own little twist on it. She does. So, she does. nice. Um... Well, yeah. Do we have a closing segment? Oh yeah, hold on. Close your eyes. Should I do like the pro? The should I like tell them where to find us? Sure, you do okay. that. We are So, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon are Better Than Wine Podcast. Twitter is underscore better than wine. Please like, follow, subscribe. We are on YouTube. Um, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we would love to go live and take your comments and questions, but we can't do that until we have a certain number of scr- subscribers. Uh, and we would love to do that because we uh, really prefer to interact with people. Ignore the ghost. Are you hiding it in your shirt? Yes. You oh can't see. Okay. It's a secret to everyone. So, now I'm going to... Our, uh, okay, we'll are you going to explain? Yes, so this is okay. going to become a customary segment. For a time. It can go for a long time. <laughs> Let me explain. I can talk for a long time. We um, will have a little closing segment frequently. From, from now on, where um, Riley has, what she says is she's never had Mountain Dew. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. She did one time. She had like a sip of... One sip, like, what, a month ago? Yeah. For the first time ever in my life. And that's when you, that was when I first found out you had never had it. That's not true. I tell you, you told me. every time we would go to Taco Bell oh, yeah. and you can have Baja Blast, I would say, I've never had Mountain Dew before. <laughs> true. And you're like, here, try some. And I was like, so, no. But then one time, sometime over the summer, I like absentmindedly just took, took a, a sip of your drink and I was like, no. Yep. yep. So, so this is a dream of Sean's. The floodgates have opened and they're it's just Mountain Dew. And now he's carrying around through. soda bottles in his shirt. I have to hide it. Should I like get something to tie around my No, face? just close your eyes. Be oh. an adult. <laughs> this isn't pin the tail on the donkey. Alright. Um, Ooh, segment idea. Talking about donkeys. <laughs> um, Speaking of mules. So it's going to be a blind taste test. Where you... You better not have shook that up. I don't want it to explode. No, I'm going to open it for you. Because your eyes have to be closed. I still don't want it to... I know. Um, So, it'll just be a blind taste test. You have to give your thoughts My honest reaction. And what do you think the flavor is. So, I'm going to hand it back to you. You can hand it back to me. Yeah. And I'll I'll put the cap back on. And you'll put it away. Yeah. And I won't know the flavor. Until it's time to reveal. I've been sitting here with my eyes closed for like a minute and a half now. (laughs) All right. Keep them closed. I'm going to. Here it comes. It's like a magic trick. I don't want to like hit my microphone. Just don't move. (laughs) It's very simple. All right. Here it comes. Ready? I'm nervous. Nice little pop. Oh, yeah. It's like a commercial. 
right. Cluck, 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 cluck. Oh, yeah, you smell that right away. Okay. I don't. Um, here, yeah, that's your hand. You've got it. Oh, it's warm. No, it's not. It was very cold against my arm. All right, take a sip. So you heated it up. No, just take a sip. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's very strong. Potent. <laughs> yeah. That'll clear your sinuses. It's like a, like a fine wine. <laughs> Get your smell centers it's, activated. Okay, on a, on a scale of wine, it goes this Mountain Dew, that wine, and then our <laughs> podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's better than all of them. I'm scared. Just take a sip. What if it's like poison? It's not. I didn't. I just opened it. You heard the little crack. You can only imagine. How strong that is. I don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Wait, do you want to take another sip? Yeah, I'm going to try it again. Since you don't like it? Yeah, that makes sense. One weird thing is like sipping wine. And then that. And then drinking Mountain Dew. Yeah. It's very... uh, Is this real Mountain Dew? It is Mountain Dew. Yes. Specific flavor of Mountain Dew. Which you will have to guess. Did you, like, start with original? I felt like that would have been too easy okay. for you. Okay, I was going to be disappointed. So I didn't start with original. Okay, though. good. Your only frame of reference for Mountain Dews is the one it's sip ba- of One Baha sip Blast. of Baja Blast. <laughs> I was so appalled with myself. So, here's the... I get, okay, we, we I think it's it. a pink flavor. That's a good guess. What's, um, what's that thing where people um, associate, like, color... Can you tell me, like, when I can open my eyes? Um, Did you just spill it? No, 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 I didn't spill it. You can open them. I don't think you can see it. Okay. Don't look for it. What are you doing with your arm? I'm hiding it. It's behind my arm. Stop looking at it. Why did you say, oh, shoot. Because it slipped before. Okay, just what do you think it is? Pink flavor. Pink flavor. I was going to guess strawberry. I've just been feeling strawberry like all day, but I don't know the flavors of Mountain Dew. Why would you Dew. be thinking, what does that have to do with I just this? like had a feeling that you were going to buy <laughs> like some kind of pinky s- strawberry Mountain Dew okay. for this. Alright. Any other thoughts about it? Okay, so the flavor is actually not as strong as the smell, to me, That's at weird. least. Okay. So, that was like a little disappointing. Yeah. Do you want to see what it is? No, I have other comments. Okay, go. <laughs> you wanted to do this. Um, so, you know how we drink the, like, Izzy's? Mm-hmm. To me, it wasn't even as strong as one of those. Weird. But those are, like, sparkling fruit juice. Yes. Fruit juice is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this, though. But it doesn't leave that much of an aftertaste. Here's, as a, as a Mountain Dew connoisseur, <laughs> myself. Seasoned Mountain Dew drinker. <laughs> I would never buy this for myself. This Why flavor. did you buy it for me? It's what they had. I don't know. <laughs> that was it? Yeah. I didn't want to buy like a 12 pack of some weird flavored Mountain Somebody Dew. So I got one. ahead. Well, next time. This worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Was I wrong? No, it's pink. It is pink. It's Mountain Dew Uproar. Uproar. Dew charged with berry kiwi. Oh! So, so you're I close. Like kind of, I bet berry kiwi is supposed to be strawberry. Yeah, I don't know what other kind of berry it would be. 
Here's the real flavors. Okay. High fructose corn syrup. <laughs> citric acid. Yeah. Natural and artificial flavor. This is not the podcast to discuss that. Nope. We won't go there yet. Gum Arabic. Yep. It's really gross. Yep. Again, not something I would have ever bought for myself. It's kind of like an orangey... It is. And the color is not great. And the, no. the logo, like the... It's got like a... It's a lion. Yes. No. Once I figured out what this leg was... That no, one? that's a tail. It's a dragon, I think. It's a lion. Oh my gosh, it's a lion. That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know why that's oh, disgusting. Oh, this makes me feel terrible. I bet it does. So this is going to go like down the drain after this. Set that next to the wine. I liked the Baja Blast for the record. Yeah, Baja Blast is like the best. You know what I was originally hoping is that. I would get Taco Bell. I was hoping you would order a Taco Bell. I really was. Dang. Well, I know for next time. Yep. Um, Okay, so podcasts are going to release every Friday. Mm -hmm. Unless. Well, I think we'll still try to do that even if we're not available on a certain Friday. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll do a Christmas episode on Christmas Eve. It'd be fun. Uh, follow us, like, subscribe, share, mm-hmm. mash it. We hope this was helpful. Yeah, hopefully. Um, oh, and you, I, the one thing I forgot to mention during my little summary of where people can find us mm-hmm. is that, um... You can submit questions via email at betterthanwinepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please do. Yes. Uh, our intro and outro music mm-hmm. has been kindly provided by. Yeah. Uh, made by. Yes. Kindly. It's weird to say. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Mutiko Triste. Yeah. is the artist oh, name. It's a friend of ours. Yeah. And uh, you can find his stuff on Bandcamp. Yeah. Preferably Bandcamp. Put that in the description. Yes, we'll put that in the description. But also, if you uh, can't afford or don't want to Bandcamp, please do check him out on Spotify and your other streaming services. All right. Cool. That's it. That's all for tonight. That's... That's it. That's a wrap. Cut.